0: Do you want to run further, faster, or stronger? Do you want to enjoy your running more and generally be a better version of yourself? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Alan Ladd, a running coach and nutritionist. My aim is to help you improve your running from 5Ks to ultras by providing you with the knowledge and tools you need on training, nutrition, and mindset, as well as giving you the inspiration to dream bigger, achieve more in your running, and to make it fun at the same time. Welcome to the Running Rules Podcast. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Running Rules Podcast, episode number 29. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to get back your running mojo or how to improve it by looking at different factors such as motivation, self doubt, and expectations. So, if you struggle in any of these areas, this this uh, episode is going to be perfect for you, hopefully. It's going to be a lot about the mindset of running, but not necessarily during running. Um, I covered a few hints and tips on how to deal with um, mindset during running um, a few weeks ago. I'm going to be talking about the mindset around running. So how do you feel about it You know, when you're not running? Um, a lot of people I've been talking to recently have been struggling. And, and I think one phrase seems to crop up a lot. And that's, um, I've lost my mojo. That seems to be a common running phrase. And I, th- I think, to start right there, I think people then start to think that that's not, it's not normal, and that they've done something wrong. Um, so I think here today, we're going to unpack why that might be and how it's its really actually quite common, I think, in, in running circles. So the first thing is to to not blame yourself. Don't panic. Don't think that there's something wrong if you feel like you've lost your mojo. Um, but we're going to unpack that a little bit more. Why might you feel like that and what can you do about it? Um, so I hope this this really helps uh, and hopefully give you a little bit of insight as to when this has happened for me in the past and what I've done. So if we take running mojo as a thing, what does that actually even mean? Um, I hear a lot of people talk about it, and I, I, and let's let's focus on the positive side of that. So when you've got your running mojo, I think what does that mean? That that means to me that you're feeling really good about running. You're kind of looking forward to. Most runs, obviously, I think unless you're superhuman, there's always going to be one or two runs that don't go as well as you ant- anticipated. But usually, when your running mojo is there, you feel like even if you've had not the best run, you know, you move on very quickly, you're on to the next run, and normally, you know, you get back onto it and the next run is a good one again. Um, You feel as well, I think, when you're running that, you know, it's just a little bit easier than normal. Um, Obviously, in, in your harder sessions, you're going to be working hard, but you just feel a little bit lighter, maybe a little bit fresher. And that all contributes to running mojo. I think part of it can be down to, as well, not only how you're feeling day-to-day with your running, but also whether you're actually excited and looking forward to what's coming up. So whether you've got a race or you're just enjoying the training cycle as it is um, with with not a big focus on the end result. But sometimes when you've got something that you're really looking forward to, like a big marathon, I know for, for Boston Marathon, for, that was really my bucket list race back in April and even when I was having a tough time of it in training um, I was always really looking forward to that finding out as much as I could about Boston just listening to all about the history and um, looking up the course where I was going to be going through um, what had happened in previous years it was it was really an exciting time and if anything I think it's difficult to replicate that all the time, so that's where enjoying the training cycle um, comes in and replaces that sometimes. Because obviously, after Boston, after I'd done Boston, the that was my bucket list race um, out of everything that out there. I think, uh, and obviously, there's loads and loads of other big races out there, but I haven't got one booked in. That I'm really really excited about. I mean, my next um, marathon's going to be Manchester, which I'm looking forward to. But I've I've done it before and know the course. It, it's not like it's going to be a new experience. I'm really going there to try and run a good time and try and enjoy it. I really enjoyed that marathon last time, but it's not something that I'm I'm spending my time researching the history, researching the course, uh, really thinking what is what is it going to be like. Boston was my first marathon outside of Europe first American marathon and just the history of that race was was really getting me very excited about both the training and both the both the training and the anticipation of what was to come so it's not easy to replicate that all the time and one tip that I'm gonna probably touch again on later but if if I forget I'll, I'll mention it now is to not get carried away with these big races as well. So it would have been easy for me to come back um, from Boston and then start booking in other big races. And sometimes you just need to take a little step back and see, is that actually where I want to go with my training? Is that what I want to do next? Um, I do definitely want to do New York at some point. That is probably now my next bucket list race, but I've definitely been thinking about when that's going to be more not just sort of definitely it's going to be next year um because those those experiences are big ones to get up for and sometimes it's difficult to keep stringing those along and I've seen people enter races or enter experiences on high motivation and then realize you know when that motivation wanes off you know and a, it might not take that long you know a week two weeks three weeks suddenly realize that they've booked in for something that they l- didn't really want to commit to with the day-to-day training especially it also might be you know a big financial commitment that's a, one reason why i think if you're going abroad for a race it's Especially in America, it, it is very, very expensive. You've got the flights are obviously expensive to start with. The race costs a lot. Accommodation is through the roof. So it's all of those things. It's very exciting to book in for these races. But is it actually realistic at the time um, or to keep on doing these things? So I think that's what Mojo looks like when it's high. But what does it look like when it's low? Um i think this can be sort of unpacked into a few different things so one being that you don't really want to do the training you're not not looking forward to going out running when you do go out running you know you're not not really enjoying it i always say that you never regret going out for a run and i think that's true but it's it's maybe that feeling of you think you're going to feel great after the run and you don't really feel that much different about running um you're certainly not that keen to get out and do it the other two things i think is when you're not making progress i think that can really hamper your mojo um and that can come from a a variety of different reasons um which we'll go on to in a minute but the the other one is that you're behind where you used to be um you're perceiving that your your fitness is not where it once was or you're not capable of the things you used to be or on the other hand you're seeing other people progress and you feel like you're not making the same progression as others um so the the thing i would say to all of those is to don't blame yourself don't feel bad about yourself don't think that this isn't normal because i think this has happened to well I think all of these things have happened to me and a lot of people that i talk to um they've it's happened to them too and you just go through phases with running especially if you're trying to push yourself which i think a lot of people obviously if you're listening to this you're probably a reasonably competitive runner you don't just go out for a run just to enjoy a run keep your fitness levels up you're probably more likely to be entering races trying to push your times on or push the distance on not necessarily but I think a lot of people will will do that and I think you always get cycles of when it's going well and when it's not it doesn't feel like it's going so well and One thing to to bear in mind is to try and keep on that even keel as much as possible. So when you do get the really big breakthrough moments, certainly enjoy those. I think I've been guilty in the past of not enjoying those moments quite enough or sometimes too much. There's, There's two sides to that. So certainly when I broke 20 minutes in the 5K for the first time, I really sort of enjoyed that. Took my foot off the gas and it took me... Three and a half years to do that again, um, which is quite incredible if you if you think about it. I've been striving and striving and striving at Parkrun, chipping seconds off I think around 2012, 2008, you know, all of these fine margins. And then around 1957 and back in 2012, I thought that was amazing. That was the one goal that I wanted to get to. Happy now. Um took the foot off the gas and didn't run under 20 again until 2015, which um, it's, again, if that is the big goal that you want to get to, sometimes you do have to strive and strive and strive towards a goal that is really at the stretch of your capabilities. And once you've got there, that's you. That's, that's what you wanted to achieve. It hasn't really happened for me again since. So, I remember breaking 3 in in the marathon in 2018 and really not sitting back and enjoying that as much as I possibly should have done. Um it was a massive achievement for me and I just remember thinking, oh that was great. Now what's next? Um and that is a lesson probably in in that most of most of the time times are not going to satisfy you, you. The I heard a quote the other day that numbers always, numbers go on forever. So you can always get faster. Um, well, you can't always get faster, but the times can always go further and further down. At what point would you be happy with that? Um, so I think when you're weighing these things up, you've got to think about enjoying the moment, but not getting too high in those those good moments, because that can lead you to have a big dip afterwards, um, which it did in 2012 when I hit the 5k. Do definitely enjoy them. Um, but also when you have those dips, try not to get too low in those dips, because that can really extend them too. So A great example of this for me was when I failed to complete the 2005 Belfast Marathon. And that was really a bad experience. Um, And it's certainly not one now when I look back now and regret because it's given me a big focus on I, I now know that those mistakes that I made. I'm now able to do things differently. I'm also now able to help people that might run into those same problems. Basically, poor pacing, poor training. Those for a marathon, you will get found out. If you do that for a 5K, you can probably get away with it. But a marathon is completely different. So when I did that in 2005, I had a big dip after that. Lost my running mojo, as it were, and really didn't run at all. For another three years after that um and i didn't run a marathon for 10 years after that so that shows you how long that dip can go if you really get into the slump so I think this is a lesson for life but certainly with running to never get too high or too low in your running yes you'll have some good times and some not so good times uh, you'll have some good runs and some not so good runs but You don't want to be yo-yoing between these extremes of thinking, oh, that was a brilliant run, I'm an awesome runner, and the lows of, that was a terrible run, I'm an awful runner. Um, You kind of want to stay in that middle ground of, I'm progressing here as a runner, that was a good day today, but tomorrow might not be. And similarly, I've had a not so good run today, but tomorrow's a different day, I'm might be feeling different tomorrow i've got different type of workout Um, so staying in that middle ground really helps you to not prolong those dips when you do get stuck in them but if you are in uh, the dip of you've lost your running mojo that might be either that you are not running at all at the moment um, or it might be that you're just running and not enjoying it and so if you're not running at all um what are the reasons for that how did that happen was it a bad experience it's good to unpack the reasons for this because this will help you move through it is it that you just got out of the way of running um or was there a a bad experience with running that triggered it Um, was it a, a period of time where you felt either that you didn't want to do it you weren't making progress or you were behind where you felt like you should be. Um, other things can affect this as well. So your circumstances might have changed. Um, maybe not with with running, the, but in your life, um, you might have had a new job, new um, responsibilities. I know when we had our first um, son, Aaron, Running went completely off the radar for me and that really happened for about 18 months. So that was around 2013, um, start of 2014 as well. Um, I really sort of focused on that and that is not necessarily uh, a bad thing to do. You know, different things come into your life and running might not have a place in it all of the time. But some t- at some point... If you're feeling like you want to get back into it, you have to make that decision to plan it back into your um, into your life. What, where is it going to fit? Um, it might not fit in the same places that it used to. If you've got a new job and you've new hours or other responsibilities, you may have to work around those in a, a way that you didn't have to before. But that doesn't mean it's not possible. I see. So many people um, with different commitments. And we had Helen Gearing on the podcast. I think that was episode 20. Should have looked that up beforehand. She is a long haul uh, pilot. That was a great episode. I got lots of feedback on that saying, well, if she's able to fit in running and training for a marathon around that kind of a lifestyle, then. Surely I can with what I've got going on and whilst I never think it's a good idea to compare yourself with someone else because you don't know what their motivation is, how they find the time, what other commitments they've got on. It's always useful to look at other people that have time restricted um, lifestyles and see, see that they can get the training in and get where they need to go as well. A big thing that might have happened is that you might have been injured, um, and you might still be injured as well. What I would say about being injured is, if you're currently injured, remember that all the things you can't run right now, um, or you you might be able to run some injuries, you might be able to run a low load on, um, you might be completely off running. The things that you can do, the the exercises, the bit of bits of running that you can do, um, you can work on those now, and that's all part of training as well. If you can build up more strength, that is going to set you in good stead for when you do come back to running, and that's not going to be wasted time. Um, it will probably help you get back. To the point you're at or or exceed that over time. If you can build up those weaknesses to be strengths. Um, it's certainly something that I feel over the past few years has happened to me. You know I've had little set, setbacks here or there. But with injuries if you can strengthen those areas. Then obviously that means that you're less likely to get those injuries again in the future but it also means you're stronger uh, when you do come back to running uh, I definitely feel now that I'm stronger than I have been in the past and whilst yes I still have those niggles here and there um they're manageable and I know how to manage those I think it's very easy when you're injured to look around and see everyone else that's running and think I'm the only one that's injured you're not the only one that's injured you the the thing is that you don't see the other people that are injured and unfortunately I, you can never guarantee that people won't get injured you know you can have all of the best programming planning strength everything and there's always that risk of getting some kind of injury or or an illness it could be an illness as well um i remember coming back from london last year after the marathon and i got covid the week after Probably um, not the worst time to get COVID because um, I was just after a marathon, so um, I was gonna be having a down week there anyway. But it could could happen. You know, you could be sick for quite a lot longer, and that can impact your training. It might knock out um, a cycle of training for a marathon that you might be doing. So all of those things. Um, can happen to anyone and do happen to people. If you go through your whole running career never getting injured or sick, then you've done incredibly, incredibly well. I don't know anyone who has been able to do that. Um, So you've got to try and put things in perspective and know that when you come back from that injury, you hopefully will have more motivation then to push on, be a better runner than you did have before. A big thing, people feel like they're not where they used to be. This can be quite a difficult one and it's thankfully not something that I've had to deal with too much yet, but I'm fully expecting at some point that I won't be able to hit the times that I was hitting, you know, before. At some point, I'm going to reach a ceiling that I can't go past. Whether that's Because I can't commit more time to my training or it's because, you know, I've got to an age where I'm actually naturally declining in my fitness. I'm still hopeful that this won't happen for some time to come. I see people getting stronger and faster in their 50s, 60s, but it does depend on your training history. At the minute, because I really only made a big breakthrough in my training Five years ago I feel like that five-year period is where I've really been where I really had serious training and that's quite a relatively short amount of time so even though I'm 40 you know my serious training really only started five six seven years ago and so when you compare with the likes of elites who are 40 and they're still doing it you know people there's There's um, runners still running into their 40s in the marathon, especially in ultras that are really competitive. They've had a a much longer training history, probably 20 years or more. And, you know, that can affect how much you can improve them. Because if you've been doing it for that long and you've made that much improvement, then really is unlikely that you're going to be able to keep on improving into your 50s and 60s. But for someone like me who hasn't been seriously training for that long, there's still hope that I'll be able to go, you know, many years still chipping away at those times. Um, so do, do recognize that as well. Just because you're not where you used to be before doesn't mean you can't get back up to there. The other thing that you can focus on if age is a factor is looking at, your age graded score for things, and then comparing that because that's a good way to see where where your relative fitness is compared to your age. So the age graded scores basically work off the um, the fastest time in a particular distance for your age. So um, and then you get a percentage where your time is compared to the best time. For your age so if I was getting an age graded score mine my, my score for the marathon would be compared against the best time ever f- by a 40 year old in the marathon as opposed to the best time ever full stop in the marathon um which probably well it probably is a, a quite a bit different um obviously the world record was um Kipchoge a few years well a couple of years ago um now so he is only a couple of years younger than me. So um, when I, I think um, because he's older, you know, your age graded score up to about 35, 36 would be the same as it would be as if you were younger. But once you get beyond that age into your 40s, 50s, then that age graded score will be calculated off a much slower marathon time. So that can be something that can get you round the fact that you might not be able to get the times that you could do when you were younger. The other thing is to try not to compare yourself with others. It's very difficult. I've done this before and I try not to do this anymore. Um, It's okay, I think, when you're using someone to be an inspiration and say... Well, if they can do it, then I might be able to do it. The thing is, again, as I said before, you never know what other people are going through uh, and what they're able to do and what their training history is like, uh, what their natural ability is like. So everyone is different. So it, it it's quite often not a useful metric to say they're all doing it and I'm not like that really puts you in that dip of i'm not good enough um and it's all relative there's so many people out there that you are faster than even if you finished last in the park in, in the park run this weekend you know there's so many people who wouldn't even be able to run a park run so everyone who is listening to this is faster than so many people out there and it really doesn't matter you, I, I think I always thought once I got to a sub-three-hour marathon, I'd be, I don't know, a really fast, super runner. Then you realize there's hundreds and thousands of people who can run a sub-three marathon um, in every race. Uh, sorry, not every race, but certainly every, every major out there. You know, if you finish on, under three hours in a major, you're not going to be in the top thousand, probably. And there's always people beyond you. Um, Recently around 246 in Boston, but I realized um, my coach put together a WhatsApp group of all the people that are in his coaching and his his company are are coaching. And I realized I'm probably around about the middle of the people in that group. Um, (laughs) So that kind of puts into context that, You know, it doesn't really matter how fast you get unless you're um, Kipchoge, um, you're not going to be the fastest um, and equally you're not going to be the slowest. So it's not really much point comparing yourself with others. It's much better to say, am I progressing? Am I improving myself? So how can we put some of this into action? I think. If you're struggling with time and just general um, planning of sessions and getting out for them, you've got to sit down and figure out where the time blocks are and then try to stick to those. Make running, if you want to do it, make running a non-negotiable. For me, the easiest way to do that is to do it in the morning because I know that if I don't get out for a run, either first thing off. You know, in the morning after I've dropped the kids to school, then the longer the day goes out, unless I've got a time slot, I know I'm definitely going to be able to make, say it's um, a club training session or um, a lunchtime or something like that. The longer that day goes on, I feel like the less chance that run has of happening. Now, for me, most of the time they always happen. But that's come from years of following plans. And I've had a coach now for three years as well. I definitely think that helps because you see the sessions on the plan. And that in itself makes you not want to miss them. Um, You don't want on training peaks to see a load of red in the week. You want to see all those boxes go green. Um, It's a silly mental thing that really but it does really help um having that plan visualized and seeing what you have and haven't done and if you're seeing a lot of red that's not good um for the mindset but it's something that you can definitely plan in um for some people it might not work in the morning i know someone of one of my clients very up very early doing his job and it has to happen after that um and that's fine but it's making sure that there's a time slot in there that you can you can commit to and keep that going and that might be that you need to find someone to keep you accountable um, just to nudge you along it might be a loved one or a friend I do think it's better if they're a runner because they understand it a bit better I think non-runners can say oh well you you didn't get your run in, doesn't, what well, does that really matter? But I think someone who understands running can help you a bit more with that. It might be joining a club so that there's a club set time session there that you know you have to get to. That can be another way of getting around it. Think about um, if you're not enjoying it so much, um, try thinking about. A target race or especially if you're competitive and that's part of the reason that you're doing it if you're just trying to get out to enjoy it that should be more doable um think about again the reasons why you're not particularly enjoying it and if you really are just not enjoying running and you've no competitive sort of spirit with it then it might be that you can find something else to do for a while you know you don't have to stick with running Um, all the time there could be something else out there that equally gets you out and about could be cycling Um, you could do something for fitness like swimming or strength work gym work but something that gets you a little bit more excited but if you do have that competitive edge um, and the the reason that you have lost your mojo and not wanting to get back into it is because you feel like you're not making progress or you're behind where you used to be then you have to start on that journey back up to where you were before and one way to do that is just to put in small stepping stones along the way so have a target race in there even if you feel like well I'm not going to be any good in that race it will get you a bit more focused on your training between now and that point. And then once you have that race under your belt, you should feel a little bit better. As long as you don't put massive expectations on that race, and we'll talk about expectations in a minute. As long as you don't really expect a massive amount from that first race back from the dip that you've been in, then that can provide a stepping stone onto the next thing, Um get Getting something under your belt and getting focused on those little stepping stones will help you to get back to where you were and as I said, getting some kind of accountability or support with what you're doing sometimes it's very difficult just to make yourself find the motivation to get out and do it um if there's no if there's no target end. And there's no real, um, uh, there's no real comeback from not doing it. So, or consequence of not doing it. So having someone to nudge you along could help, whether that's um, a friend, a loved one, um, a support network, like um, a running club, or even a coach, you know, that can really help. The fact that I have coached set my sessions and I see them on, on the plan really does help me to um, execute on those races uh, more than I would have done before. I know if I was doing my own training, there would probably be more days missed than there are now. The second part of this I wanted to talk about is self-doubt, uh, lack of confidence, and I think, again, this can sometimes be because of expectations that you put on yourself. Um, we talked about not feeling good enough if you're looking at other people who are improving. But quite often this is because you're put, putting too much expectation on the result of, of what it is that you're trying to do. So the first thing I would, I would ask with this is where is that pressure coming from? is it internal or external? Um, Is it coming from you or is it coming from others? And I think the answer for most people is it's coming from ourselves, if we're honest. Um, But we can sometimes, hopefully it's not coming externally, but I think sometimes we can think that it is coming from external sources. So whether that's um, our running peers, maybe they are, as we say, improving faster than we are. Um, I don't think anyone would ever say to you, or hope they wouldn't, um, why are you not improving? We're all getting, we're all going really well. I'm sure that wouldn't ever be a conversation that would be had, but maybe it's a feeling of, um, I, I need to be doing this because other people are doing this. Or, People are expecting me to be able to do this. Um, that's not a good reason to do anything, really. Um, yes, of course, sometimes we have to do things for other people. Um, that in life, that just happens. But running really isn't isn't one thing. And I think that we sometimes think that people take more notice of what we're doing than they actually really do. Um, I was talking to someone last week about this where they were saying that they now feel the expectation. They've made big progress in their running and now they feel the expectation that they need to maintain that level. Otherwise, people will think, what's going on with this person now? And the truth is that if you suddenly start running slower times, most people aren't probably going to notice. And if they do notice, they won't really take a long time of interest or a long amount of interest in it. Um, the same too is true when you have a big breakthrough through performance. I think people think that if I get to this time, everyone will turn around and look and go, wow, wasn't that amazing? And I'll be talked about for weeks and weeks. And I always joke that um, we have a club running report every week and um, I always joke that if you do something one week, you'll be forgotten by the next week because someone else will have done something else. And even within the same week, someone else will have done something in that week as well. So even if you thought it was the best thing that you've ever done, it's unlikely to be perceived that way by anyone else or if there is, then it won't be for very long. So really when you're doing this you have to do it for yourself. Hopefully loved ones aren't putting pressure on either. Um, usually I think it's, it's us putting the pressure on. Um, again loved ones just want you to be able to do what you want to do and if you decide one way or the other that you're doing something or not doing something hopefully there will be behind that sometimes there's there's um situations where that's not always the case and loved ones aren't that supportive but it's usually not because they don't want you to do something it's it's maybe quite often because they don't want you to fail at something or or not get the the result that you want so But in terms of putting the pressure on going, you have to do this. Well, I don't think there is that pressure. Um, Certainly, I think we make that pressure ourselves. So I think going back to an example for me from this year, going to Boston, because I was away from the family for 12 days. Um, it It wasn't just from Boston. I went then went to see my dad afterwards. But that trip in total was 12 days away from the family. I almost felt at points that I was putting the pressure on, or that there was a pressure that because I was going a long distance to do this marathon, that I really had to do the best that I have ever done before. Because if I haven't, then I haven't really justified the time away. But I had to catch myself on if I was thinking that, because I knew Louise wouldn't be berating me if I ran, you know, two. Fifty, three three hours, 3.15. She'd just want me to finish, have a good time, and come back. <laughs> you know, it's not like she would care if I ran 2.46 or 2.48. Um, she would just want me to have the best experience that I possibly can. So it's me that's more putting the pressure on and thinking, I need to do this well, otherwise I haven't justified the the time. So needs need to try and reduce that pressure wherever you can, um, especially if it's coming internally. And I think most of this pressure comes internally. Um, if it's coming from you, then why are you putting the pressure on? So what good will come from adding the pressure? That is the one thing I would lo- want you to ask yourself if you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. What good is going to come from that? Do you think that by putting the pressure on, that will actually spur you on to do better. Um, I've had this actually in sessions where I felt like I'm putting pressure on to hit these paces, and I can actually feel myself tensing up as I'm running. And the best thing in that situation to do is to try and relax. And as soon as you do, the pace actually does pick up slightly. Um, When you stop clenching because the body actually can't, when it's got that much stress, it can't actually do what it's supposed to be doing at that time, which is running efficiently because you've stressed up and you're all tight trying to run and it's just all rigid. But that also happens if you're putting pressure on the rest of the time when you're not actually running, you know, your brain's in overdrive. Um, the cortisol levels are up, um, and when you do actually get to a training session, there's already stress on your body. So it's a different it's a different type of stress, but um, there's really only one stress bucket. Your body is a stress bucket, and the more stress you put into it, including what you do in training, then at some point you can't handle any more. So training in itself or racing is a stress on the body. So you want to try and you need to try and minimize the, the rest of the stress that you're putting on yourself, whether that's stress that you can't uh, you can't control too much, whether it's you know in a job or at home or whatever. But the stress you can control is how much pressure you're putting on yourself to do a particular time, um, a particular race. Um, those things aren't aren't helpful. And it's easy for me to to say that, but I, I know from having done marathons where I've put pressure on myself, they didn't go well. The ones that have gone the best for me are the ones where I tried to minimize that stress and that pressure. So... The other thing to remember is that you can't be at your best all the time. So I think we go into every race thinking this needs to be better than the last one that I did. And I do this all the time as well. Um, I ran a 5k PB back at the start uh, start of July. And then three weeks later, I had another 5k race and I was expecting to go faster again. But the truth is that you can't always be at your best. And... That night I wasn't, and yes, it's a little bit disappointing when that happens, but it does happen. You know, it was a different time of the day. Um, I had been on holiday. I had a a little bit of a back niggle in the week leading up to it. There was all these little factors. Um, So, and I think when we're not elite athletes, we're not trying to win you know, gold medals at championships. I think that actually can help us by having all those mitigating factors, and there's so many of them as well. It's not excuses; it's just being realistic. Um, obviously, when you when you're in the moment and you're trying to do your best, then it's not necessarily a good thing to think well, it's a bit warm, that that wind's really bad, or, you know, these negative thoughts whilst you're running are not necessarily helpful. But certainly afterwards, I think if you feel like you haven't had the best race, it's always good to look through and see all the different factors. Um, like, how were how you feeling? How was your build-up to that race? Um, is there anything that you could have done better? Um, or was the preparation as good as it could be? And actually, there was other mitigating factors. The The course wasn't um, as easy as you thought it was going to be. The weather wasn't great. Um, maybe you weren't fully hydrated or fueled. Uh, maybe your mindset wasn't quite in the right place. There'd been something on at work. So all of these factors can play a role in performance and I think it is useful after the fact to try and find those mitigating factors and realize that you can't be at your best all the time. Obviously you want to strive for that um, but that again you do that by not putting the pressure in yourself. So definitely reducing the pressure will increase your enjoyment and hopefully increase your performance as well. So the things to do here um, would be to write down what's worrying you and find out of those things what can you control um, and also think what's the worst that could happen by putting yourself out there and doing it um, I think people are either reluctant to to race at all because they think that they can't do the, the best that they can and that goes back to you just need to get started and build those stepping stones the more you do it the more you will get used to it Um, and the more that you have races that don't go entirely to plan that will help you to get races that do go to plan. I certainly wouldn't have run the marathons that I have now without having gone through the tough ones that I did at the start um, and learning from those mistakes and every race is different Every race you can learn something from whether it went well or it didn't go so well. Um, self-confidence can or self-doubt a lack of confidence can come from the perceived lack of improvement. And again, is this real or not? So the best way to benchmark your improvement is to race because it's very difficult in training to go, well... I didn't feel as good this week as I did last week. It's very subjective. The, the proof really is in the times that you're running or how you're feeling in those races up to a certain extent as well. So again, taking into in mitigating factors, you might not run the same time, but was were the conditions worse? Did you run close to that time? In which case you might have actually run better than you did the previous time. If you don't feel like you're improving, then look at your plan and your targets. Are they right? Have you got the right targets for you that are going to inspire you to get the best out of your training, that you're excited about going for those targets? And is the plan balanced and right for those distances? So have you got enough variation in them, but are they also specific to the, the target race that you're doing? And then finally, again, going back to the support, accountability and planning, these are really important, Um, support and accountability. Um, These will help you get through tough times, especially if you are someone who is lacking in confidence and self-doubt, it's really, it really helps to get that talked through with someone rather than just let it sort of internalize and internalize because The longer you let that internalize, that will be your default state of mind. And that's how you will feel about running. So if you do want any kind of support or bounce back ideas, you might just need a a few messages of encouragement. Just a quick check to see are you on the right um, targets, right plans. Just message me on Instagram at The Running Rules. Um, I've been having lots of little conversations with people in the last few weeks about where they're at and quite often it's just finding that bit of encouragement or a bit of support just a couple of messages can can really help you to sort of focus in on what's important right now maybe running isn't what you need right in your in your life right now um, as a serious thing to to progress and improve on it might be just keeping a baseline at the moment because there's other things in your life and that you know is a, a perfectly valid thing to to a conclusion to come to that you need that time to do other things there's other bigger pressures at the minute and running is just going to take a back seat for now it might be that that was the case and now it's it's still on a back seat even though you know There's nothing, no real reason why you can't get back into it. And there might be target races or things that you want to do, but you're just feeling like you don't have the confidence at the minute. And that's where sort of stepping stones can really, really help. So if you do need a few words of encouragement, uh, I urge you to message me at the running rules on Instagram, and I will get back to you and love to chat through that with you. Maybe you actually do need more detailed planning and accountability and that is also something I can help with as well. Um, it's I've had a coach now for nearly three years and even though I could do my own running plans, um, it certainly helps me to stay on track and get the right amount of um, balance in my running plans. In terms of how far I'm pushing myself, how much I'm pushing myself on the paces and getting the balance right. I think it's quite difficult to do that on your own. Um, Certainly with um, free plans off the internet where you don't really get a lot of um, bespoke times in terms of paces that's quite difficult to do. And also it's easy to kind of fall off those plans as well um, if you don't have someone monitoring you as well. Um, So if it's not me, maybe you have somebody that you're gonna be um, accountability partners with for training, find someone who's got similar goals and keep each other on track. That's another way to go about it. But if you need detailed planning, and support and accountability that is something that can help within the coaching but again just message on instagram is the best way to chat to me at the minute and we can chat for a few through a few things and um hopefully get you back on track whether that's just a few words of encouragement point you in the right direction with a plan somewhere or whether it's more um in-depth coaching and that's a discussion that we could have So thanks so much for listening to this episode. Um, I hope you're doing really well, and I will talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time, and I hope you've got something to take away and action in your own running. If you enjoyed the show, please hit subscribe and recommend it to someone you know. If you're struggling with your own training or want to get faster and stronger and not sure how to, the runningrules.com forward slash coaching is where you can find out more about getting personalized help with your running and nutrition to take you to the next level. Have a great week, stay consistent, focused, and most importantly, enjoy your running.